What's up, guys? This is one of your hosts, Evan Singer. Thanks for tuning in to another Par Train. I got to say, I got to give us a little credit, you know? I think Stratton and I, Serm couldn't make it. Shocker. We did such a good job recapping the 2019 major season and a little bit of the PGA Tour season as a whole that I'm going to make this intro real quick so you guys can just get into it, okay? This is a good one. Stratton's four-year-old son even interrupts us in the middle. I kept it in there just for you guys. But uh, we go through each major. We talk through Brooks's year, the historic run he's been on. We talk about Tiger. We talk about why Tiger, it's okay for him to be a little tired. But we also have a message for you guys. Some of you guys that think Tiger's washed up and you think he's done. I mean, haven't we been through this before? Haven't you guys learned your lesson? All of that and more in a fun, shorter episode. And uh, we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. And if you're looking forward to the FedEx Cup, I don't really know what to tell you. But uh, the golf season, as we see it, is pretty much over. But we'll continue to pump out your favorite content, as you need, throughout the rest of the season. We'll see you guys in a couple weeks. And we are back once again. Hey, Strat, not sure if you heard, but the majors are over. Yeah, you know, just as quickly as they snuck up on us, they're done. And I don't really, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I guess the beautiful thing about golf is the off season is what thirty one hours, but uh, mm. it just it feels a little weird, you know. It feels kind of like the rug got pulled out from under me. Also, this was a tough major to watch for some reason. I, I maybe only saw like nine complete holes. I don't I know ti- what it is. I think the time change really got me this time. I don't. know. <laughs> Usually we embrace it. Like remember yeah. that a few years ago we met five a.m. watching the projector, had a Scottish breakfast. Mm-hmm. I mean, were those not the days? But anyways, uh, you know, normally we embrace it. This time, I don't know what it was. Like Royal Portrush, you know, is a famous course. We all know it. It's in Ireland. Hasn't been in Ireland. Um, has it been in Ireland before? Uh, no, actually, I don't think so. Might be either the first time or first time in a while. You guys can yeah. fact check us. I don't know. But the point is, is that it wasn't like a no name course. We know it. We had a lot of great venues all year in the majors. And I don't know what it was. Actually, you know what? This is going to be my one take for the entire episode. You guys are getting it early. Here's my hot take. I think that you know how Tiger looked really tired as if just the masters took everything out of them. Yeah. I feel that way as a fan. <laughs> That's a great take. It's a great take. Like we went to the highest peak of the highest mountain. Yeah. In the history of the land. Yeah. And I honestly like normally I'm up for every major, really at most tournaments. But ever since the masters, I mean, we host the golf podcast and I've been struggling to get into it. <laughs> You know, I think like Tiger, we didn't realize how much of ourselves we put into that victory as as fans and as spectators, because we were we were right there with them <laughs> all season, two seasons. Shit, like in the last six years, we've been pulling for him. So, you know what? Uh, the off season couldn't come at a better uh, time. I don't give two flying fucks about the FedEx Cup unless, um, I don't know, maybe Brooks decides that it's a, it's a major and he'll he'll show up. But otherwise, um, I mean, onward and upward. It's been a hell of a season, though. 
Yeah, I'm exhausted. Uh. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I could uh, I could use a trick. I could use a massage just to, just to, just to relax, catch a few Zs maybe. I don't know. Well, I mean, we're going to get into the Open a bit, and we'll talk about it. But um, this is about the whole year of the majors. And let's do a quick recap, just in case people forgot. Because I tell you what, I was looking at the winners. We'll look at the, uh, the non-major winners, too, just to kind of get a feel for what this season's been like i forgot about multiple winners this year and honestly the winners outside of the majors not great so oh. maybe that had an effect on it too but let's start obviously the masters we talked about it greatest day arguably greatest day of our lives it's up there i mean i mean god. sporting lives certainly god if you guys haven't seen that video it's tagged on our twitter account and it's on our instagram i it's impossible for me to watch that video and not smile. Yeah, it is damn good. It doesn't get old. It's the video of us reacting when Tiger sinks the last putt. So Very Masters, fair. amazing. Greatest Masters of all time. Not even debatable. Mm-hmm. If you guys want to try and debate it, add us. I'll fight you. I'll yeah, fight you. Strat will fight you. <laughs> I'll welcome Embrace Debate, but then I'll fight you. It's just not, it's not an argument you want to have. Mm-mm. Then the schedule change. We'll get into this, but the schedule change brought the PGA up. In May and Kepka, I think Kepka winning PGA was when we realized that Brooksy boys for real. Would you agree with that? I think it's when we I, not only did we realize he was for real, but we realized what his deal was, mm. which was that the guy shows up to kick ass and chew bubble gum, and he's always out of bubble gum at the majors. <laughs> so he, I mean, that's fair. But he also proved that he can be human at the same time, which was a weird combination. Like, I feel like the PGA was the week that he started to show who he was as a person. Like, he started to be really confident and vocal. And I was like, whoa, whoa, take it easy, take it easy. And then he went out and he started dominating. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is like, you hate to say it, but it's kind of Tiger-esque, you know? I know. I was actually just talking about it with some guys on the course today. Um, uh, We were saying... All of a sudden, all of a sudden, hold on, Soren just walked in. What's up? What's up? Mommy's a monster. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh, I'm all not right. editing I'm that do- out. I'm, I'm doing a I'm keeping that. podcast, so I'll, I'll talk to you later. Okay, bud? All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not editing that. Yeah. So we were Mom's talking about how, <laughs> how Brooks... Uh, he just he he kind of has that vibe that Tiger had, just albeit a little bit more vocal, perhaps with social media and everything. Like he just doesn't have a fuck to give when it comes to the majors. And I feel like his vibe when he shows up is he loves that he gets to just jack up all these nerds who are trying so hard all year while he's just out on a, a little Duffy boat crushing, you know, Miller uh, Michelob Ultras. Mm. And then he shows up and he decides to win majors. Yeah, it's. The fact that, too, that he was dominating and then he was like four over. I forget what his final round was um, at the PGA. But he started to, f- to pull back and to see him try and hang on, I think, was it showed him that it showed us that he was for real, but he's also human. Um, so, I mean, when you look at uh, maybe that was it, too. That probably contributed to the fatigue where it's like Tiger, unbelievable. Kepka, holy shit. He's like. Mr. Major, and he's he's up there every major. Um, it looked to be like an unbelievable major season. Then 
U.S. Open, I don't know. I, I didn't actually watch a lot of Pebble either. I mean, I did, but not as much as I maybe historically would have. Um, Kepka was right there, I but know. Woodland held them off. I, I think the thing that stands out to me is Woodland doing that crazy chip on the 17th green where he had to chip it off the green and stuck it to like a foot. Yeah, and you know, I, I think maybe if Woodland didn't have that chip, nobody would give two shits about the fact that he won it because I think everyone so wanted Brooks to win and Brooks was so close that everyone was just kind of like, uh, all right, I guess Woodland, oh, okay, cool chip, we're good. All right, we're fine. That's fine. I would actually love, that was a perfect segue without you even trying. Um, Thank you so much. I would love to uh, talk about that for a second where... Why does it feel like it's a waste? I'll put a waste in quotes. Because um, obviously, you know, it's a big deal when these guys win. We totally respect it when they win. But when a first-time winner breaks through, like you just said, unless it's like, I'd love to compare like a DJ first major win versus like the Gary Woodland and the Shane Lowry. It's like, why are we so underwhelmed when there's a first-time winner, when it's such a breakthrough moment for them in their careers and their lives, is it just, we're just desperate for greatness so it feels more like a random moment, like a miss? Like, what is that? You know, I think with DJ, I think is a unique example because he, he was, you know, kind of creeping into Sergio territory where it was the guy was so good and the fact that he'd been so close and robbed, really, like on multiple occasions of a major mm. win. Like everyone was so ready and prepared for that. And I think at least now, maybe now that Tiger's back in it, I mean, maybe that's the reason I didn't watch as much of the British or sorry, the open <laughs> as I normally do. As soon as Tiger was out, I was kind of just like, eh, I don't really care. You know, like mm. I, I'm so here for Tiger returning to glory. Um, and maybe it's even when Tiger wasn't in it, you want the big dogs to like, to assert themselves and maybe tiger just ruined it for everybody. Maybe now we're used to, and we expect guys showing up winning multiple majors, you know, guys hunting for that elusive 18 major victory. So then when a, like you said, when a random shows up and wins it, unless there's a good story and unless you're following closely all season, you're just not as excited. Although a guy like Woodland is such a great dude. And you know, who was it? Fox certainly did uh, everything they could to play up the backstory on him. Um, it just it makes it a little bit tougher when you're really gunning for your guy. Yeah, and maybe maybe for the DJ example, your point definitely valid in regards to all the close calls and we've been waiting and waiting. Is he ever going to win one? I think that's part of it. The second part of it, I think that was probably the thing with Sergio. But I would say for DJ, it was that, but maybe it was even more, okay, now he's going to, like, dominate. Like, now he's going to win, you know, five majors over, like, three years. Yeah, and Maybe that's game. why it was exciting, because we, we finally saw something we were hoping it would break through. Do you think that's part of it, too? I think so. I think it was like, you think, I mean, kind of like a, a Ricky situation. I feel like if, if and when Ricky wins one, everyone will be like, all right, nice. Now he can, he's got the monkey off his back. Also, I just think that DJ in the, the seasons leading up to his first major, he was just so dominant in every aspect of his game. It was like, what is this guy got to do to, to get that 
that major victory. And also, I mean, like, you know, grounding his club in the trap and like right. all of the bullshit that he had to deal with, it, it, the, you know, those were outside of his, his control, which nobody ever wants, you know, you don't want a game to be decided by the refs. And that's about as close as you get in golf with DJ. So I think there was multiple factors with him. How do you feel about the schedule change? Did you like it? Loved it. Loved it. Completely loved it. Cause I don't care about the PGA. It's fun, but I, mean, I don't care it, about is it. Is it a major? It, yeah, don't at me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but I love actually ending on one that has um, gravitas, I should say. Mm. It just, it feels better. I mean, like, and it feels, it actually feels right that it's the Open, right? Yeah. You know, like, the first one is the Masters. The last one is the Open. Those are the bookends to the kind of just whatever meat sandwich in between of the U.S. and uh, and the PGA. So I, I I'm all for it. Yeah, it's funny. That's that's what kind of surprised me the most is I was so excited to end the major season on the Open because you're right, it feels ceremonial, it feels right, and the Open. You know, we've debated before, like what's more fun, the Open or the Masters? Mm-hmm. And as a fan, and for whatever reason, I just wasn't as into it this time and. Shane Lowry winning, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's amazing that an Irishman won in Ireland. I won't deny that, but, you know, was I, did I think about going back to sleep when I woke up and he was six up at like 7 a.m., 6 a.m. my time? I've been up for three hours. Yeah, you bet your ass I wanted to go back to sleep. Yeah, it's literally what I say when I wake up every single morning. I wish I could go back to sleep. (laughs) So... Let, I mean, let's talk about, we can talk about Shane for a second and the Open. It's part of the recap. Um, here's a question for you. Is he actually a world-class player now that he won a major, or is he just good at Royal Port Rush? Because, fun fact, not sure if you guys heard this. You probably did if you were watching any of the coverage. But he won the Irish Open in 09 as an amateur. Um, mm-hmm. And also another fun fact. His most consecutive cuts made, uh, three. <laughs> His longest streak of top tens, one. <laughs> hey, wow. the guy, uh, is it, I mean, got to ask the question. Like, is he just good at Royal Port Rush? You know, I mean, he's, uh, he's an Irishman. He's in Ireland. He's playing the kind of golf he grew up playing. The guy obviously got it. And, but I, I don't think you, that should be all of it because look at Rory. I mean, the fucking guy's got the course record at the very course that they're playing on. And he completely imploded on literally the first hole of his first round. So I think that there's something to be said. I think that's why like the Open, PGA, and the U.S. Open are different at least to me because the courses are different so it's not it's not a a true whereas with the masters it's the same course every year like you're you know what you're getting into so you're you're gonna know what that player is capable of it's a, it's a consistent test of golf when you've got the other majors they're always going to be changing so it's going to suit a different player which is great because then you can get multiple winners but i think the fact that he was able to do what he did and so decisively with everyone with with a field that was playing well, um, I mean, by six strokes, like you can't take that away from him. That was a hell of a fucking performance. True. Can we talk about OB on number one for a second? Jesus. I mean, is there anything worse than playing in wind and rain and seeing OB 10 yards off the left 
Pretty left aggressive. rough and 10 yards off the right rough. Pretty Is there anything aggressive. worse? Yeah, that was aggressive on the OB markers. I mean, what are they even doing there? There's nothing. The only time you see OB markers in those types of areas is when you're playing on like a course with houses yeah. and they're trying to protect the houses as if putting OB there will make people not hit there. <laughs> yeah. I think you and I both know that that's not the problem. <laughs> we had a friend that uh, killed somebody uh, that was close to a house with a, with a hybrid from about 50 feet away. So yeah, that doesn't matter. That was wow. Yeah. I don't think we've told that story on here before. Um, it was a laser and the lady went down. <laughs> hard uh, there was yelps it was i thought it was a child that was injured but it turned out it was a woman and it was <laughs> tough to watch our man looked like he had seen a ghost um when he realized what, he saw his life flash before his eyes when he realized what he had done the i'd say the last thing i'll say about this is the, <laughs> the best part about it <laughs> was there's nothing we could say i was no. thinking about what to say there's nothing there's you nothing. can say no, nothing. A friend almost killed a woman 50 yards away with a three, three wood? Five, <laughs> yeah, wood? I mean, it might have been. It was, it was a three it was wood. A metal, it was a metal wood. It yeah. could have been a five wood. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. I think I put it on the park train story, and he asked me kindly, can you take that down? <laughs> there might be legal ramifications, and I'm like, yeah, no problem, bro. I'll take it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Another thing I'll say about Lowry, he after he won the Irish Open in uh, 09 as an amateur, he elected to turn pro the week after, meaning he'd miss out on the opportunity to play in the Walker Cup, which, wow. questionable move. If you're a top amateur, isn't the Walker Cup everything? I guess, yeah. I mean, unless you're trying to get that paper. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I guess he wanted the paper. Okay. Just, you know, just a moment where I thought to myself, huh. Huh. Character. Huh. It's just a question of character. Huh. Guys about the money. Hmm. Yeah. Well, he's got a major championship, so fuck us, right? Yeah, now he's got two PJ Tour wins. Bridgestone, yeah. WGC, Bridgestone. And Heard of it. And Heard of it. championship <laughs> in 19. So. Yep. All right. Um, it wouldn't be a recap episode of the majors without talking about Tiger. I mean, we talked about the Masters. But I got to get something off my chest. Okay. If you guys follow our Twitter, you saw this. But if you don't, first of all, follow us. I don't know what you're doing. Second of all, people, I'm talking not just a few people, like most people, the majority, I'm talking text messages, tweets, Instagram stories. I saw it all. People are saying Tiger is, quote, washed up and done, and he looks like he's 85 years old walking up the course. You know, enough is enough already. The guy won the Masters three months ago, and now you're doubting him again? <laughs> I can't. It's, uh, it's just the same old fucking trope, right? It's the story that people love to play. I mean, this is the 24-hour news cycle, classic cliche. People are looking, grasping at straws, looking for something. Yeah, he looked tired. He looked like shit. He played like shit, let's be honest, okay? But, uh, I mean, how quickly we forget that the guy won at Eastlake, and then followed it up by winning the Masters. Um, he'll be back. I, I've, I've heard people saying like, oh, yeah, you know, there it is. That's, that's the new Tiger. You know, he just, that's, uh, that's what we've got to look forward to. And it's like, just fuck off, all right? Like, we got a whole new season. Maybe he learned something from this season. He's going to have to get a little bit more prescriptive. Maybe he 
put more into that Masters tournament than any of us will really know. I don't give a shit because he won it, which was fucking incredible. And then maybe next year he figures out the schedule that he needs to show up for the majors. Because I've got to imagine 82 is on his radar, obviously. And then he's going to be hunting for 18. Like that's that's his game plan. And that makes your schedule a lot interesting, a lot more interesting, a lot easier to, to plan out, I would think. 100%. And here's one thing I've learned from this. First of all, people are idiots. Second of all, um, I don't know if we've ever lived in more of a what have you done for me lately society. Tiger's the perfect example of that. It's absurd that people say that. Like, that he looks old, his body's a little tired. Sure, you can say that. Maybe he's a little tired. I think it's simply the fact that he had never climbed a mountain just like we hadn't climbed a mountain this high before. He didn't know what it would be like to go all those years without not knowing if he's going to play again to then get back to winning the biggest tournament in the world, his favorite tournament. He doesn't know the effect of that emotionally, mentally, physically. But here's what I learned for myself that we can take away from it. We should not expect good golf ever from ourselves. Ever. Mm. <laughs> okay, we, we, can take this, we, we can take this into our next, uh, our next men's league tournament, okay? And here's why. Tiger Woods, the greatest player who ever lived, won the Masters three months ago. Three months later, he shoots the highest score of an opening round ever at an open championship and missed the cut. Mm-hmm. If that happens to Tiger Woods, we've said it once, said it a million times, but I'm going to use it as an example to really hammer it in. What are we doing? We don't, this is not our job. Mm-hmm. We're not supernatural. We're not the best player who ever lived. So what are we expecting? out of our games hey we're all we're all searching for greatness okay our our metric is different but i think everybody wants to show i don't there's not a day regardless of what type of display i put on at the driving range 30 (laughs) minutes before my tea time there is not a round where i don't show up thinking to myself this is the one this is the one where i'm shooting below par I might have a hole in one today. I'm going to be striping it. Yeah, maybe I shanked four or five wedges at mm. the driving range, mm. but I'm not thinking about those. I'm thinking no. about that. I'm I'm onward and upward. I'm looking forward, never back. That's how you keep and, it under uh, the wind. Yeah, that's how you keep it under the wind. You just got to learn how to, you know, you got to change your alignment a little bit. That's yeah, it. That's the alignment. adjustment. Yeah, that's the adjustment. You just got to see how you're hitting them. But there's not a, a round that goes by where I don't show up thinking I'm destined for greatness. These guys have got to be thinking the same thing. Now, granted, our metrics are different. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's like I think, like you said, to your point, there's no point in getting angry about it, right? If the best guy in the entire world can have a round like that, we all have rounds like that. And we shouldn't be getting upset about it. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be trying to get better and you can't play good golf. Of course you can. But I think it's about the expectations. Like, you just got to give yourself a break. And the other thing I've learned, last piece on this, is I've realized that when I go to the range or I'm working on something or, you know, like this weekend, I hit the greatest hybrid in my life. I can't stop thinking about it. It was, it was fucking laser. Wow. Like, Greg in my cart goes, oh, my God. Oh, wow. Greg. <laughs> you know, clearly, um, it'll stick with me for a while. But sure. the point is, is that 
whatever I find, I used to think, oh, this is it. I found it. Like now I'm going to be, you know, scratch or whatever your goal is. Mm-hmm. Where now I'm like, okay, this is what's working now. But I have no expectation that this is like the silver bullet. There's no such thing as a silver bullet because this game is the hardest game ever. And so it just, the expectations and your perspective makes it a little bit easier on yourself is all mm-hmm. I'm saying. Yeah, it's so, a great point. You know. All right. Thoughts on Tiger 2020? I mean, I'm all in, you know, nothing's changed for me. I, I can't wait. I hope the guy gets a lot of R&R. <clears throat> I hope he kind of adjusts his approach to the season. Um, but shit, if you told me right now that Tiger would win the Masters again in 2020 and then kind of just be whatever for the rest of the season, I'd take that. <laughs> yeah. I'd take that every fucking day of the week. I don't give a shit. Um, but I would love to see some consistency. I The only thing that I noticed that I thought of was his progression in 20 what what are we in now 2019 2018 so the year before mm-hmm. when he won at east lake at the last tournament of the season his progression was uh very organic right he just kept getting better 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 he was contesting at majors i wonder what the difference was mm. between that season and this season if if maybe this is one of those things in 20 years tiger writes the book about how the 2019 masters was actually just fucking hell and like we didn't know that there was some wild shit going on like did it really take that much out of him or was it just did he kind of bite off more than he could chew much like previous comebacks where he would kind of go all in probably knowing that his body wasn't prepared for it so i don't know that's the only thing i wonder is what was the difference between 18 and 19 where 18 seemed much more um cohesive and 19 was a bit more streaky again masters champ 2019 don't forget it I mean, that's a great point because maybe it's maybe it was just the mentality where 18, he's like, it's his first year back. He finally feels like he's healthy, but he's very mindful about how many tournaments he's playing and he keeps finding himself getting closer and closer. So there's like that. It's almost like the rookie. Um, it's like a rookie mentality, you know, a little bit naive, like you're not sure what to expect. You're kind of happy to be there versus. Like you saw this when, when he ran into the Barstool guys and they're like, Hey, congrats to the masses. He goes, Hey, pretty cool. Huh? You know, like he was loving it in the tiger way as much as mm-hmm. we were. Mm-hmm. And maybe that made his expectations shift where he's like, I'm back. I'm the masters champ. I fucking dominated that tournament. And this is where I do it. But he didn't maybe realize that the body didn't catch up. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. Do you think, what do you think about his, cause a lot of people are talking about his, his playing frequency. Like someone joked, is he actually a member of the PJ tour or is he playing enough for that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I saw a lot of articles of guys talking about how he needed to be playing more in order to contest at majors. I agree with that. I, I just, I don't, I don't know what was going on with, with his schedule. Like I said, my, my biggest question is what was the difference between the two seasons? And, you know, maybe he like, skips the PGA or maybe he like gets a little bit more prescriptive about which majors. I mean, we know that masters is hundred percent all in Mm -hmm. you know, the open hundred percent all in because he loves the open. He's a history guy. Maybe if the PGA is at some fucking dog track, maybe he doesn't go. (laughs) (laughs) 
You know, maybe if the U.S. Open, they're rolling the stint at, at, at 31. Maybe he doesn't go. I don't know. You know, like it's uh, so now it's, that's what he needs to think about. So now it's really not a major because Tiger shouldn't <laughs> even play it. Well, Serm would be up in arms right now, by the way. Guy would yeah, get he, out of bed, rip the covers off, yeah. throw a pillow on the floor and really grab the microphone if he heard this right now. And he, and he wouldn't spill his TheraFlow either, which is impressive. True. That's very true. Yeah. No, I agree. I think uh, that's so true. Like, can you imagine? Like, we have our men's leagues tournaments. Can you imagine going four weeks without playing a round? No. And then just going to, a, like, a men's league event? <laughs> no. No. No, I can't. It's, uh, they're pretty competitive, so I can't. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a, there's a wrestling belt involved. I mean, you can win $70 if you win that thing. So, no, I can't. Well, so, okay. So, let me ask you this. Does he win a major in 20? Yes. You also got to remember, he's the captain of the President's Cup this yes, year. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. He, Masters? Yes. Wow. Back-to-back Masters champs. Where is the, yeah. the 2020 where is the Where is the Masters in 2020? Um, <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to check that out. <laughs> Royal St. George's in Kent, England, oh. 2020. Oh, England. Love yeah. the English. Don't know a lot about Royal St. George's. We'll get the stats guy on that. We got time. Um, all right. Let's finish by talking about Brooksy Boy. Speaking of major guys. Um, so I got to give props to CBS Golf. Um, they put together a good article about how incredible Brooks's run was. So I just want to yeah. share some of that. We can talk about Brooks to close it out. So here's the funny thing. We, we both didn't watch a crazy amount of the open, but what you do know is that Brooks played like average, you know, like when you saw him play, he was like up and down. You shoot like three under one round. Then he was like, you know, maybe one over at times, just kind of all over the place. He started the day with four straight bogeys today. I did watch that. Um, and he finished fourth. Yeah. So, like, here is his last... This is funny. Here's Kepka's last five non-major finishes, okay? 65th, tied 57th, tied 50th, 4th, throw that in there, and 56th. His last five major finishes, tied 4th, 2nd, win, 2nd, win. Yeah, I, I I love it. Like I'm very fucking in on Brooks. Um, I love how he doesn't give a shit. I love how like he pisses off golf traditionalists. He's just he's that dude that was like, you know, that guy that was just so athletic and he just kind of showed up and he like did some shit and you're like, man, I've been uh, you know, I've been I've been playing soccer for a while now and that guy just wiped the fucking floor with me. And I watched him throw up a Miller High Life before he jumped on the field. What is this guy? You know, like, who the hell does he think he is? That guy, like, that's Brooks on the golf course. The dude's just a freak. And he gets up for majors. And, like, that's all I would give a shit about, I think. If I was out on the golf course, if you could tell me that I was going to contest at every major every single year, I'd be down for that. I mean, this is, so stick with me. This is a weird comparison. But I just thought of how the only guy that I can think of in any professional sport that was vocal 
about not preparing was Michael Vick. Do you remember this? I think so. Yeah. Michael Vick was like, Hey, I didn't, I didn't go to film study. I was always late. I didn't even know the playbook. Like <laughs> I was Alan Iverson. practice, practice. <laughs> Michael Vick would just run around like yeah. the 2006 Madden game when his speed was 99 and he just ran around and made plays. And it was like the most gifted athlete. Now, not a great comparison off the field, but Slightly that's what it's kind of like. And remember his quote where he said he'd only practice during major weeks. God, that was the best. The funny thing is, I wanted to ask you, if he practiced all the time, would he contend in every event, or would he actually do worse? I was talking about this with somebody today on the course, and we were taught, we brought, LeBron got brought up as someone who's a freak athlete, but that lacks the killer instinct. So then mm. we started transferring it to golf. Um, Ricky. I mean, I say this all the time. I fucking love Ricky. He's got so much talent, but he just doesn't have that extra gear where he yeah. needs to win, right? Yeah. Um, on paper, I should hate Brooks's mentality because he's a freak athlete, but he's showing up to the biggest tournaments of the entire year, and he's kicking ass. So there's something that the guy's doing where when he gets into that mode, he locks into something that's incredible. And all all I want out of the athletes that I watch is to see their incredible talent coupled with the killer instinct, right? Like that's why Tiger was so great because he was just psychotic. He had to win. He had to beat everybody. Yeah. And that Brooks is able to do that in such a blase fashion, but also kind of like still sticking it to everybody. Like, Oh, I look at all these nerds on the range five days a week. Like I dust off the clubs. I get my caddy to, you know, clean the grooves. And then we jump out here and, uh, and we win like something about that is fucking awesome. Yeah, it totally is. Like the, I think that if that mentality helps him contend more at the majors, like if he started to say, Oh, well, if this is what I do at the majors, it works. I should just do this every week. Like that's what people were telling us in the replies. And they would, you know, and buddies would say the same thing. And I'm like, well, I don't think it's that simple. Like he's, there's probably something to mentally he's preserving himself kind of like tiger tried to do physically, but I feel like Kepka treats each every other week, almost like gravy cherry on top. You know, if he does well, he does well, but he, he really doesn't care. Like, think about it. He can go out and finish what 30th and make, you know, 80 grand. It's not bad. You know, and he and he's doing limited practice work in between. He's just kind of enjoying the new town. That's probably freeing him up come major week to be like, all right, this is my this is work week, you know? Yeah. And I also I think Brooks has been pretty honest about the fact that, like, he's not obsessed with golf. Right. He's right. just really fucking good at it. And so if that's what it takes for the dude, I mean, like. Look, you've been at a job before. I'm sure everyone that's listening has been at a job where, like, it turns out you're you're pretty good at Excel. I fucking hate Excel. But, like, oh, I know how to do a few things, right? Like, that doesn't mean I want to do it. But if we got a big presentation coming up and someone needs to jam on the Excel thing, like, yeah, I'll crank it out, right? And, like, I'll take the fucking adulation. You guys can celebrate me. But I don't want to do it, right? (laughs) So, like, if Brooks is showing up and the guy's like, yeah, golf's cool. Like, I'm a pro athlete. I make great money. You know, like, life is good. And then it's like, if the majors are the only thing that get him jacked up to play well, who gives a shit, man? Like, that, that, his performances at them are 
are something incredible. And we should really be enjoying this moment that he's occupying in the major space because it feels pretty special and unique as well. Yeah, it's the closest thing we're going to get, I think. Like, I don't, I think it's, it's probably the best case scenario. We're not going to have a guy that wins 80 tournaments, you know? But having a guy that's from Florida that, you know, a quote from all of the, the stupid media guys and announcers, oh, he's like a linebacker out there. Like, this, is, this brute that can just contend in majors is the best chance we have to a dominant force in the game after Tiger. So, you know, what's crazy. Think about this. Something that you just mentioned got me thinking. You said we're not going to see another guy win 80 tournaments. Think about all the greats in the game. Sam Snead. Um, ben Hogan. <laughs> Arnold Palmer. Jack Nicholas. Yeah. Getty Playa. Uh, who else would we throw in there? Who came before Tiger? Tom Watson. Yeah, sure. Tom Watson. All those guys are separated by what? maybe 15 years, 20 at the max. Mm-hmm. There is a very real chance that we could see another tiger in our lifetime. I mean, I plan on living to 120 minimum. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're checking our macros. Mm-hmm. The fact that that could happen while we're still alive is pretty awesome. I just thought about it for the first time ever. I'm so caught up in tiger and everything that he's doing now, but the fact that the next tiger is out there oh my God. and that we're going to get to watch it, that's pretty fucking awesome. I mean, can you imagine if it's Wolfie? <laughs> oh my god! I mean, the hips don't lie. Okay. <laughs> that would be, <laughs> that would be like the scene in Happy Gilmore, where shooters in the woods trying the happy move. Every guy is secretly just trying that little hip move. Yeah, I mean, I know I did. I do it on my putts. Yeah, why not? Yeah, a little trigger. Open up the hips. So, going back on his performance, real quick. Only Tiger, Spieth, and Nicholas have ever accomplished what Kepka did today by finishing inside the top tour, top four in all four majors in a senior single year. Pretty good company. Yeah. Uh, he finished in the top six in nine of the last twelve majors, and in the top ten in twelve of his last twenty-one. It's wild. Which is crazy. And then look at his score to par in the majors this year. For for those that have made all four cuts, by the way, I think I put this somewhere. I think only sixteen guys made the cut at all four majors. Isn't that crazy? That's insane. That blew my mind. But here yeah. is the score to par aggregate for Kepka. Minus thirty six. The next guy, actually kind of surprising. Next guy that was the best at the majors score wise, Xander at fourteen under. So Kepka's <laughs> twice as good as everyone else. It goes Xander 14 under, DJ is 14 under, which I was surprised by. Wow. Patrick Cantlay at 12 under. Oh, so it's just a pure electricity. Oh, yeah. Webb Simpson, even more electricity oh, at my 9 God. under. Molinari, electricity, oh, 9 God, under. The most Italian guy ever. <laughs> Kuchar at 8 under, Fowler at 7. And then it just drops to Fitzpatrick at 3, Spieth 2. I mean, it's crazy. 36 under. Wow, that's wild. And speaking of wild, this mm. year has been kind of a snoozer outside mm. of, of Tiger. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Listen to these winners. Right I don't well. even know some of these guys. Dylan Fratelli. Who? One of the John Deere. I think it was okay. last week. 
Wolfie, we love that one at the we three love that, one. that one. That was fucking awesome. Nate Lashley? Nope. Rocket Mortgage? Nope. They were real upset Ricky didn't contend that week, you know, big sponsor guy. Mm-hmm. Press yeah. a button, get a mortgage. Heard of it? I have. I forgot about this. Rory went in the Canadian Open. Oh, that's right. I totally forgot about that. Kevin Na, Fort Worth Invitational. Okay. So Kevin Na won. Took mm-hmm. forever, but he won. Mm-hmm. Sung Kang, another uh, another Genghis guy. Kanger. AT&T Byron Nelson, he won. Max Homa, Wells Fargo, he's a, he's a great dude. Wow. John Rahm and Palmer All won right. the Zurich. Yep. McDowell won the Corrales Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship. Wow. Francesco won the Alan Palmer. Yep. And Phil won the AT&T National Pro-Am. Whoa, I totally forgot about that. I forgot about that. And then our guy, St. Louis guy, won career builder, Adam Long. I mean, that list, that's, that's, wow. that's kind of that's a weak kind of list. Tough. That's kind of tough to watch. Yeah, so maybe we were exhausted from the Tiger win. And also, I mean, come on, PJ Tour, step it up a bit, you know? Yeah, wow, that's wild. All right. Oh, hey, something to look forward to for next year. Yeah, well, for all those guys that really get off of the uh, – FedEx Cup. I mean, it's coming up. It's almost I mean, here. Yeah, we got it. It's there. I mean, what is it? Two, three more tournaments until we, we're in it? Yeah. Guys, 10 million. Have you heard? It's there for the day again. <laughs> All right. That's pretty much it. What a year it's been. Can't believe it's pretty much gone. Um, mm-hmm. Anything you want to leave the listeners with? You know, I will say... Uh, I think we kind of poo-pooed Shane Lowry's win. Uh, it, it was a damn impressive win. And I, I watched his his embrace of all of the people afterwards and the, the words he had for his family and everything. And it was cool to, that's got to be pretty fucking awesome to be a local kid and uh, have been grinding all those years and to, for it to happen in your home country. It was pretty cool to watch. I got a little misty-eyed, you know. It's a good story. I got sucked up in it. Mm. Uh, and the guy played awesome. Especially That's, on the last day. You know what? That's a good call out. Because especially what happened to him at, um, at Oakmont in, I think it was 16, when DJ won. He had a four-shot mm-hmm. lead going into Sunday. That's right. And blew it. And we forget because we were so excited that DJ got his first. Mm-hmm. But knowing that, those demons, at your home with 30-mile-per-hour wind and rain... Um, and OB on both sides of number one. I mean, true test, true test. <laughs> you got to give them props. So, yeah. I mean, who are we as selfish sports fans to want dominance every time? I mean, we just got to give the guy props. So it's a fair call out. Hey, thanks. Good job by me. Great job. Well, um, that's all folks. We'll see you in uh, a couple weeks and you're welcome for another great podcast and analysis and <laughs> overall point of view. <laughs> Enjoy it. <laughs> Adios. Bye.